0: It's a glorious sunny day. The snow drops out and we're heading up the most beautiful farm road, one of the loveliest I think I've ever seen. And we're on our way to interview Martin Kennedy, who is the vice president of NFC Scotland. And um, I am a bit of a Facebook addict. And I recently, I've seen some of his posts. He's just an extremely eloquent and sensible voice of the farming industry. You know, there's been a lot of negative stuff in the press fairly recently about the impact of of eating meat for example um martin is without doubt one of the most eloquent people on the subject so that's why i wanted to come up here today and and so we can hear this straight from his mouth rather than just me trying to explain his point of view Hi Martin. Sorry we were a tad late. We realised we hadn't had any lunch so we stopped for a sausage roll in Dunkin'. Alright, oh, oh that's
1: fine. Oh, that's <laughs> fine. Hi. You How are you? No,
0: good, good. <laughs> good, good. Right. Well thank you for having us. No We've come going? from Jim come Smith. Oh, alright, oh, yeah. okay. And, ah. he's, but he's and you're 76% um,
1: sure you had a good interview? We've <laughs> <laughs> got a bomb? I'm no joke. there's a huge big bomb up there.
0: I'm I'm 76% sure... Well, you're 99% sure about the alien
1: landing last week. Honestly, I'm legit this time. It's not like the Penguin hostage situation.
0: (laughs) So, um, obviously, you are the Vice President of NFU Scotland, but it's actually not the real reason why I wanted to speak to you. I'm a complete Facebook addict. Mm -hmm. So I've seen quite a few of your Facebook posts, and I just thought, they're so eloquent... They come across in such a sane and sensible way, but actually, at sure the that's same time, to you? you're pretty really sure. English. Yeah, <laughs> there's, is there another Martin there? <laughs> <you? laughs> Maybe there is. <laughs> no, I'm fairly sure it's you. It's sane and sensible, but actually quite hard hitting. You know, you're not mm. afraid to be honest. No, no. We no. can't pussyfoot around some of these no, issues. No. And so, it's really having read those things that I thought, actually, I think for the podcast, we need to speak to Martin mm-hmm. and hear, yeah. hear some of those things from your voice rather than okay. as a Facebook mm-hmm. post.
1: Yeah, I think it's important because. Because I mean, you know, mental health in agriculture's probably be as low as it's been for a long time. I mean, and, and it's down to the fact that we're we are getting a kicking from from a lot of people, and and it's it's certainly completely unjustified and sometimes when you see the number of people that maybe like them or share them, yes sometimes there's a few negative comments on them, that's inevitable it's going to be if you're going to Mm. put your voice out there Mm -hmm. but in general people you know are tuned into what you're saying and it's just an assistance to try and get the facts out there because, and again it's not I've never done anything that counters anybody else's argument because I just think we feel the fire Yes, and I I I think it's the wrong way to go, I I think all we've got to concentrate on is putting the positives out and the Mm -hmm. true facts of what we're doing I think the one that... uh, took me by surprise because it was probably the first one did. it was a couple of years ago I was up in Shetland and um, everybody else had gone earlier because my flight was going to, to down to Edinburgh and I think the rest of them were going to Inverness and I was sitting in uh, in the Shetland hotel and there was another attack had come in on Facebook and I thought I've had enough of this so I sat and I had a pint and I started typing something up and it was getting a bit longer and I had another pint and then I did a wee bit more and then I had another pint and fortunately I didn't have four because I might have spoiled it. And I put that up, and it went daft. And, of course, um, Ian Wilson, who's the Highland Regional Manager, had seen it, and Ian said, he says, can you put that so it's our public, so you can share it public? And I'm going... Yeah, how do you do that? And Ian said, he says, I haven't a clue. He says, but can you just do it? I said, OK, so, so I, that's what you do. So I phoned the kids. <laughs> I'm yeah, sitting there, yeah. how do you do this? And there's absolutely no bother to do. Cause yeah. you know, but have you not done it before? So I did that, and it went crazy. And there was about six or 700 people mm-hmm. shared it. And you think, well, that's, yes. So that was getting the information out there. It was, about the, it was about the biodiversity. It was about the jobs. It was about the tourism industry. And it was about, you know, what we're actually doing that's a real positive contribution yeah. to, yeah. you know, to the the provenance of Scotland and the food and drink that was, was supplied so it was yeah, uh, and,
0: and one of the challenges we've got to overcome is that the press don't always like a positive story do no know? well it doesn't um, really sell does no, it no no exactly no. so we've got to make sure that we're getting those stories out ourselves yeah
1: mm. absolutely. <laughs> oh, limousine bowl and, oh, yes. and cross calves a yeah. pheasant
0: do you have a shoot? There's a, shoot, Is there's a, a shooting in yeah, the state yet yeah, uh-huh. as well. So
1: yeah. well, the calves are doing well. It's a local local bull. The bull was bought from a farm just five miles down the road. Oh really? Oh. So wow. uh, yeah. we're very conscious of biosecurity as well. So yeah, of course. Um, yeah. All the sheep are um, all homebred. Mm-hmm. We don't buy buy any replacements they're at all.
0: Meat. Well, they're content in here. Ah, oh, they're, they're,
1: they're happy. They're yeah. always they're always happy. And then we'll have 25 purebred Highlanders Uh, up on the hill that go to the whitebred shorthorn bull.
0: Wow. How many of those did you say you had? There's
1: 25. Oh, and
0: yeah. have you had them for a long time? That we but we introduced them,
1: uh, the first heifers were introduced in 2015 and we just built them up gradually. Um, and the idea, the, the, the reason behind them is, and it has a lot of benefits when, when it comes to biodiversity as well, having cattle on the hill, but mm. we wanted to pr- improve the hill and we're trying to be more productive with what we've got and that's why we introduced the cheviot ewes back in 2000 and 2001 and we've built them up gradually and we tried them on the hill but it's quite a black, you know, coarse black heather hill and cheviots tend to want it a little bit greener so we're trying to improve the hill with the highlanders and at the same time with doing that we're actually increasing the biodiversity that's Mm -hmm. up there as well Mm -hmm. so it's working you know it's a a win-win situation
0: yeah how why would it be that the highlanders on the hill would improve improve the biodiversity
1: well, biodiversity—you don't get um, things like curlews and lapwings and um, all those sorts of plants and fauna up there without the sort of natural grazing of livestock. Mm-hmm. Sheep do quite a good job, but cattle do a better job in the hill because they graze down an awful lot of the really rough grass that sheep will not eat, and, mm-hmm. and some a good lot of the heather as well. And because they're doing that, and with their naturally dunging on the ground as well, you get a lot of insect life that, that thrive yes, on that. Yes. So it's actually helping that, and it's regenerating some of the grasses and the mosses that are there, and it sort of helps that plant. And fauna base that biodiversity, other animals that thrive on that. So it's a huge benefit, huge to, benefit. To, yeah. to, to to hill ground.
0: And if you introduced them that herd in two thousand and fifteen, that's what nearly five years ago. So what benefits have, will you already have seen in those five years? We're
1: seeing the hill being it's, it's not so it's not so rank. The vegetation is not near so rank now. So it's mm-hmm. actually improving it for the sheep when the sheep go up there, and it's actually getting better each year for the cattle as well. Yeah. So it's a, so it, again it's a sort of win-win situation. And the big plus as well, and and this wasn't really the. Sort a target at the time but the big thing at the minute is climate change is right at the top of the agenda and if we can help by keeping our hillsides in a carbon sequestrating state that's also what cattle and Mm -hmm. sheep are doing
0: so that herd will be there for a long time to come, Hopefully, you think? Hopefully,
1: yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, we put the first of them to the bull last year because they really need, Highlanders need to be about three years old before you can bull them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not, they're not as quick a turnaround as what the continental cattle are, but then they're not yeah. the same costs involved with them either. Yeah. So it's, that, a, so it's, the, it's the margin that actually counts, yes. Yeah, you don't get the top line yeah. figures for the calves, but it's the margin that actually counts.
0: Mm-hmm, so. Absolutely. And I, sadly it's not one of yours, but I have a chest freezer, full of beef from, yeah. from Highland cattle and it's absolutely delicious. It's fantastic. So th- th- yeah. there's another benefit there too. Um, yeah
1: absolutely it's fantastic. <laughs> we put one of our Highlanders in the freezer last year and we sold one to a neighbour as well mm. and it's quite worrying actually um, because you think oh, I hope this is good because there's a lot of meat in a finished cattle yes. <laughs> and you need more than one freezer. It's so, yeah. an incredible amount we of we meat that comes off it. we got a
0: sixth it. of one and ah, and right. it nearly. it uh, filled half of our chest yeah, freezer. It's yeah, phenomenal so. how but, much you get. But it's really yeah, good. It's Really, really good. tasty. And it's great to
1: have local you know, food yeah, it can be
0: Absolutely. It. And do you, just in general, you know, when you're having family meals and stuff, do, are you pretty keen very, on, yeah, obviously the beef is so. easy to come by locally and probably yep. lamb as well. Lamb but as what well. about the other things that you eat as a family?
1: Well, we, 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 we you can see the garden here. It's quite a big vegetable yes, garden and yeah. uh, we're, we're quite proud of how the garden works. So Jane, Jane works wonders. She's got really green fingers. I think she gets mm-hmm. that from her father. She's excellent at the garden. The vegetables we have out the garden's great. So the more yeah. we can have on our plate that's produced ourselves, the better.
0: You mentioned a word which sometimes I stumble over because it's quite difficult to pronounce, sequestration. Yes. I think it's quite a key word when you talk about farming, but particular, in particular Scottish farming and, again, farming... In a hill farm like this yeah, can, you, yeah. can you explain to us yeah, in layman's terms yeah, yeah, what you I mean, mean?
1: I, I, I'm no scientist but I, I, I grasp the, sort of the, the very basics of it but sequestration is all about taking carbon back out of the atmosphere and putting it back into the ground and the whole process is done through photosynthesis thins- as well and, and it's a natural process it's, it's always happened and Scotland's in a prime position for that especially when it comes to you know, grazing landscapes that we have open grazed landscapes that we do have 85% of Scotland is less favoured area and mm-hmm. it lends itself natural to livestock production but because we're keeping our landscapes in a sort of green, what we do call carbon sequestrating state, that means that we're taking any emissions that's, that's put out from industry, from, put out from agriculture itself, from transport, it actually helps take carbon back into the soil again through a natural process. And that's one of the things we're getting a real kick in just now from, you know, a lot in the press and a lot in social media about the emissions that cattle put out. But, yeah. but the reality is methane, although it's quite a high pollutant and it's maybe... Twenty thirty 30 times more potent than carbon itself but it's only in the atmosphere for around 12 to 15 years. It's what they term a, a flow pollutant. So it's Although it's emitted by cattle, it's sequestered through a natural process through grazing management back into the soil. So it's a flow pollutant rather than a than a, than a stock pollutant. So carbon that comes mm-hmm. out of your vehicles, aeroplanes that are high up in the atmosphere, that continues to keep adding to a stock and takes thousands of years before that's ever going to break down. In fact, it's really, I, I can't remember the figures, but it's, it's, it's colossal. So the mm-hmm. difference between, by bi- Biological emissions and uh, carbon that's coming out of transport is like night and day. And I think that's a concept that the general public don't quite understand yet. So agriculture is not the villain that it's made out to be. It's actually a massive part of the solution.
0: Yeah, so we recorded an episode specifically about climate change with uh, Nigel Miller, who's a former NFU Scotland president, and Mike Robinson, who is an expert in the field, and Ruth Taylor, who's the new climate change policy manager at NFU Scotland. And that was out... A fortnight ago so do go back and have a listen to that episode because that talks about climate change from a similar angle but you know with some extra viewpoints and some some extra and interesting facts and figures so go back and have a listen but today we're talking about yes yeah, some of the science but mm-hmm. specifically the, the farming Logical. kind of side mm-hmm. of things and and the way that farmers like you are are making a positive difference yeah. um, why do you think is that the farmers have been in for such a kicking where there are actually other industries that are Contributing towards climate change.
1: Yeah, I think it's certainly unjust the, the the kicking we're getting at the minute, and I think it's everybody jumping on the bandwagon and don't understand what agriculture is actually all about. So it's about yeah. you know putting out the positives of what we're actually doing and putting out facts because some of the things that we're getting um, thrown at us just now is we know it is completely incorrect. But the mm. problem is sometimes when you retaliate and fight back, I think it's actually the wrong mm. thing to do because yeah. all that does is flare the argument. What we yes, need to concentrate yes. on is co- concentrate the positives and put out the right story and the, the proper story with the, with the true facts and that's what we're trying to do
0: and actually there are many people you know if you go to your local farmers market or even you know chat to local people at the local school you mm-hmm. know so many people are hugely supportive of the farming yeah. sector and yet it seems to be the voices of those who aren't that are being yeah. heard the loudest and and there's an imbalance there And I I totally agree as well. It's not about us versus them or creating a fight. It's about saying, like, let's take a deep breath and talk about the positive things that, that farming is doing.
1: and yeah. our arable sector, I've got a massive part to play here. I mean, when you look at, you know, as I said, 85% less favoured area, but there's only about 8 or 9% of the Scotland's farmed land is prime agricultural land. Mm-hmm. So realistically, that needs to produce, and we need to be able to use that land to produce, because yes. it has to produce. Because the best thing, if we want to mitigate against climate change, the best thing to do is actually eat our own food. You know, was, yes. you know, I mean, why, why would you want to bring it from other parts of the world? You know, I mean, my oldest daughter was in the, in California last year with the Agri-Affairs Committee with Young Farmers, and there was 100 111,000 cattle in the Harris Ranch. One ranch. They've got no water. It's certainly not green. There's no traceability. Mm. There's no. They're still using hormones. So why would we want to bring food from another part of the world and that you're actually incidentally bringing water in as well because your your food's 60% and that's water anyway so you're bringing that from another part of the world why would you want to do that when it's locally reared to uh, you know to our high best welfare, standards. welfare yeah, absolutely. standards. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. And it's on our doorstep.
0: Yes. Why would you bring in food into this country that's not meeting the standard of production here? Because all it does is is give people a substandard product and by association it, it harms the reputation of, of what we are doing here.
1: If we were to do that and if we were to, to have trade deals with countries that, that if we were to produce food like that here, it would be deemed illegal, you know, to start with. So mm-hmm. but if we were to do trade deals with that, we couldn't compete because they're doing it at much more they have a greater competitive advantage and the economies of scale everything like that than what we have so we wouldn't be here that's the, that's the bottom line we wouldn't be here so if we weren't here what would be here yes it could be covered in trees and that's yeah there's a place for trees there's a place for the right tree in the right place absolutely but the blanket forestry thing is a, a big concern because there's a bit of employment at the start but between there and harvest time 30-40 years later where are the people you know, yes, the reason yes. there's people here just now is we're farming the rural landscape. So the social mm. economic benefit of that, plus we're actually producing food. So we will then be importing food from other parts of the world. Mm. So that flies in the face of mitigating against climate absolutely. change.
0: Absolutely, you're just passing the problem yeah. elsewhere. Ex-
1: um, when you look at the tourism industry, I mean, you, the people come here, you know, they like coming here, like sitting in the deck and looking across the valley there. That landscape would not look like that unless agriculture was involved. Absolutely. You know, the tourism yeah. industries massive in Scotland so we wouldn't have that environment it wouldn't be here you know there's so much dependent on agriculture it's not just about supporting farmers with what they're doing it's about you know that social economic aspect it's about producing food and we tend to forget that food's extremely important Mm -hmm. and locally Mm -hmm. sourced food's the best way to go and the more profitable agriculture can be the more the wider economy benefits as well because Mm -hmm. if agriculture doesn't survive. Well, neither will markets, machinery dealers, tire manufacturers mm. that puts the tires in the lorries yeah, that delivers yeah. the feed but all the way down to the yeah, bottom of the chain. Yeah. You know we spend 100. about mm. we get criticized sometimes about you know, we get about half a billion pounds worth of support comes into Scottish agricultural every year. but we spend about 2.6, 2.7 billion back That's out incredible. to the wider economy, yeah. and then that develops through the whole food and drink sector is worth in Scotland about £14.5 billion. Mm. I mean, that's counting everything. You know, it's counting yes. our, our salmon, our whisky, yeah. agriculture, red meat, the whole lot. You know, it, it, it's a huge part of the economy. It's the biggest part. Food and drink in Scotland is mm. the biggest part yeah. of the Scottish, is the Scottish mm. economy. We, we have to make sure we look after that.
0: Yeah. And people, f- foreigners in particular, you know, they will travel thousands of miles to see this stunning scenery yes. and to eat our phenomenal Perfect. food and drink. And so we we kind of want everybody in Scotland and the UK to have that same passion for our home-produced food as as, as international. And farmers and
1: crofters, I don't think we're asking much, but maybe just a little bit of recognition that what Mm. Scotland's built on has a lot to do with food production. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Mm -hmm. You mentioned earlier that you do some B&B here on the Mm. farm. What do some of your visitors and guests say about the, it?
1: The people we tend to get here are here because they want to come to you know a farmhouse holiday, so that they're yeah. they're tuned in anyway. Yeah. You do get a number of people that come up and they will look at the view and think this is fantastic, and then enough a lot of them want to go up the hill and have a look at the Highlanders, <laughs> yeah, so they think that's great. So, and then yeah. when you start explaining to them the benefits they bring, you know they really you see them really listening in, and it's actually really good to speak to them, and that's yes. why we enjoyed doing open farm Sunday last year.
0: And every every person who's who goes away from that with a positive message then yes. spreads that positive yes. message to somebody else, yeah. and um, and yes, in a sense, it's a it's a slow drip drip process, but it's yeah. still making a difference because more it and is. more people are getting yeah. getting message. that message. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's
1: important we get that early on, and, and our, one of our biggest problems is we've got such a disconnect now from agriculture because mm. mm. you know forty fifty years ago, you're probably only one generation away from a farmer or somebody that worked in the land, yes. so you understood yes. it. Now we've got generations of and and through the education process as well we'll have teachers that have not the same interest in what's happening in agriculture and I think there's a we're missing an opportunity here. You know, the education mm. process has got so much to that, that, that could help with what we're doing and understanding some of the facts of what we're doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, again, another kind of reference back to a previous episode. The very first episode of the On Farm podcast actually was was focusing on RET, the Royal Highland Education yes, Trust, and the work they job. do, which is fantastic, yeah. and, and and fundraising to make sure that they can continue mm. into the future. Um, but we've, t- we've talked about the Highland cattle that you have and the biodiversity. Sort of positives that they deliver and then we've talked about grassland in general and the carbon sequestration and the positives of that can you think of some other examples like from you you and the family here specifically on this farm that that are making a positive Things that you do that are making a positive yeah. impact. I think
1: uh, a number of years ago we bought a, a, a direct driller. So I mean, we used to we used to plough all the fields to put. We try and finish as many lambs as we can, mm-hmm. um, and we put turnips in or put rape or kale in, you know, to finish them through the winter. Yeah. And you can imagine the sort of topography we have round here. As soon as you go in there with a plough, the topsoil yes. is actually that that shallow. You you've got stones everywhere. So we go in with a plough. You plough mm-hmm. it, then you take the stones off, and then you level it. Then you take the stones off. Then you level it again. You take the stones off it again. Then you sow <laughs> it, and then you've probably still got to take stones off before you roll it. So stones it's a, have got an so, amazing
0: ability to just well, multiply somehow, a, don't a, they? <laughs> absolutely.
1: A, hence the reason there's so many dikes around this farm. That gives you a, usually a yeah. good indication of how stony a farm is. So yeah. we got, it was, so, it was a, so through frustration, we thought, is there a better way to do this? And uh, we actually bought a New Zealand driller, an HSN driller. Mm-hmm. So we now, and this is again, and it's a, a, a hot topic as well, because we're relying glyphosate for this. So we, when it comes mm-hmm. to an old pasture, We spray the field with glyphosate to to burn everything off Mm -hmm. and then the next day we actually go in and we put fertiliser on and then we drill it and that's the job done. So we're not actually ploughing, so we're not releasing carbon and nitrous oxide Mm -hmm. so that's a big benefit. Because our topsoil is so shallow, we're not ploughing that good topsoil down. We're using that good topsoil at the top to actually grow the crop so it's improving the soil health by doing that. Mm-hmm. Another thing we've done recently, this will be the third year now, is we've soil mapped the farm. So over five years, we'll have soil mapped the whole farm and the, sort of the lower ground part of it anyway. And we're using variable rate application for mm-hmm. lime. With doing that and doing the soil testing, we found that we're actually through the roof in phosphates to the detriment of some of the uptake of some of the nutrients to, to the plants. So for the next few years, we'll we'll not be putting phosphates on. So that's an immediate saving saving about £30 a tonne. Yeah, saving so, you money so and saving an unnecessary that
0: application. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, actually, because there's a lot of discussion in general farming circles at the moment about technology and, I suppose, in particular, data. Yes. And so it's about not just using data to save money, albeit that that's a massive positive, but okay. using data to do things in yeah. a more clever fashion yeah. Yeah. To, to benefit... To assist climate, in climate change, yeah, absolutely.
1: yes, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and it is working, and we've seen a difference now. So, yes. it's, so we're not actually disturbing that soil. We're not losing that the quality of that soil. So, again, when it comes to um, the the better we can keep our soil health, the the better chance we'll have of storing more carbon in the soil.
0: Because mm. mm. it's the same adage, which is might be an old one, but it doesn't lose its value. I don't think, which is that actually every farmer is farming for the, the next generation yes, and as yeah. a custodian of the land just for yeah. the time that they're on the planet and then they're passing it on to somebody else. And, yeah. and that ev- every farmer that I've ever met has had that that yeah. philosophy. Yeah. And that's why it makes me angry when I hear people bashing farmers so much because I think if you knew the truth and you knew that actually that's the, everybody's philosophy, yeah. then then yes. you'd understand that actually nobody is applying things or doing things... To be
1: detrimental. To, to, no,
0: absolutely. No,
1: because you Partly. always want, when it comes to the next generation, you always want to leave it better than what you picked it up yes, on. Because, absolutely. because why would you do it any other way? Because yes. it's the future generations yes. that's going to lose out if you don't look after that soil. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And
1: using technology to help that is, has been has been great because it's actually a saving in time with us. But when it comes to environmental benefits, huge as well. Mm. A big thing as well because we're not ploughing it. The sort of biodiversity that's still actually there when the kale's growing is amazing. You still get mice and everything still running about through there. It's, it's yeah. great to see because you're not actually ploughing that soil down. No,
0: you have mentioned another word gosh these words that i find difficult to pronounce um glyphosate yes. can you just tell us for the uninitiated what it is okay glyphosate and the is truth a about chemical
1: that's probably known better 40 40 odd years ago as roundup um, roundup is what was called and it was a very expensive chemical when it came out under license it's a chemical that um burns all surface vegetation that goes right down to the roots, so it kills the plants um, um, completely but it 's under a lot of scrutiny just now because there was there was um, a case in the states where they thought that there was there was an issue that it that possibly could be carcinogenic that 's still not been proven yet or it doesn 't seem to have been proven yet, mm-hmm. but because it 's making the headlines, the problem is we we'll, 've got a risk of it now being banned in possibly twenty two or twenty twenty three now if that does happen then For our own situation here, I see our farm would start going back again because we'd have to either go back to the plough, you know, getting people to help us and assist us with lifting stones and all this carry-on again, it probably wouldn't happen. So I would see our soil health actually going back the way. So the environmental benefit of retaining glyphosate for the right reasons is still, you know, paramount, and, and I think we need to make sure we get that message across.
0: It highlight one thing that always kind of sticks in my mind is you know the people who say, oh, well, I you know I eat avocados because they're so good for you. You think, well, Where but but from? it's it's coming from the <laughs> other side of the world. and yeah. and the reason I'm using that analogy is that actually, Sometimes it's just impossible to do everything that everybody wants you to do yeah. because if you did that you'd end up doing nothing yeah. and not moving forward. Yeah. So yes, you use glyphosate because it's it's essential and if you yeah. didn't do it then other there are some of the other practices you'd have to use would Which, be detrimental would be to yes. the climate. Yes. So and as you said Nothing has been proven about no, it, about it, so no. it, it's safe. It is safe for use. Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: I mean, they said years ago, you know, one of the safest things and one of the most sensitive animals to things like chemicals was was fish and you know, um, fish like koi carp. And yet, they were, at that time, when uh, in the early days they were using glyphosate to, to kill a lot of the vegetation in the top of ponds, and the carp were still fine. So, I mean, when mm. it came to an issue, um, you know, it was, it, it was deemed to be extremely safe. Mm. Um, and there are so many other things that are so dangerous. That we know is damaging to our health. You know, I mean, yes. you know, well, like a pint. Some of us like too many. You know, yeah. but I mean, but yeah, you know, it doesn't. Well, it's not very. Really, yeah, if you drink too much coffee, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or exactly. Smoking, mm-hmm. we know that We're absolutely categoric, But there's no yes. risk of that being banned. You know, yes. so it's about you know, it's, it's about weighing up the the evidence and the science, and we need to use the science. And I think, to be honest, farmers underestimate their own abilities when it comes mm-hmm. to speaking to the public because if you know the surveys that we've done in the last number of years. Farmers are one of the most trusted people that you can yes. speak to. Now, that's yes. fantastic to know yeah. that.
0: And what do you think? You know, there's, there's been a lot of talk lately about certainly climate change is the topic of 2020, if mm. not the topic of the decade. Yeah. So what, what are the next steps? You know, I, I know that people are making a huge effort and, and we probably struggle to find anybody that's not making an effort. But mm. uh, there's also a lot of chat about, yes, we're making an effort, but perhaps we could do more. So what, what yeah. is the more
1: the more is uh trying to incentivise people to make changes like some of us are doing. And I think there's a lot of people, particularly in the livestock side, that could maybe do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, what we was talking about with the soil health earlier on. Yeah. So that's a massive lift, a huge environmental benefit, but it's also got a productivity benefit as well. And it helps mm-hmm. the bottom line. And generally mm-hmm. speaking, if you do something that's going to help the bottom line, a farmer will jump at it. You know, <laughs> yes, that's yes. you know, it's the first thing you go do. If that's yeah. going to help my bottom line, I'll have a go. Yeah. So I think that comes down to future policy decisions. Yes. And we've got, we've got a chance now. And, and yeah like it or lo that we're coming out of Europe and that has a lot of risks, as we know, attached to it. But there's also maybe a huge opportunity there where we can develop a policy that actually suits Scottish agriculture and Scottish agricultural alone in that we can maybe have some financial stability still there. But when it comes to support, support support, um, farmers and crofters to make decisions that will help the environment, mitigate against climate change and maybe help the bottom line as well. So have that policy incentive yes, and, yes. And, and if you can incentivise people to make that difference, well it gets them on board and thinking, this is actually working quite well why did I not do this years ago? So yeah. it's trying to get everybody else on yeah. board and there'll be some out there that'll be no nah, I'm just not going to do it, I'm just you know, well, sorry but we need to do more. We're in pole position when it comes to climate change in the world. We've got a fantastic story to tell here. We are green I'm sure when the science comes out correctly, we'll find that a lot of Scottish agriculture is actually carbon positive. Mm-hmm. And what better marketing tool could we have than that? But if we keep on the front foot all the time and keep driving it forward, um, it's, a great, uh, it's a great opportunity yeah. for us to grasp. Yeah. If we know Scottish agriculture as a whole is carbon positive, well that would be a That's fantastic, an amazing story. It would be, it'd be yeah, tremendous, yeah. and I think we should we need to have governments and politicians mm-hmm. supporting us in this. Yes,
0: yeah. and I think also you know knowledge transfer and best practice is really important as yes. well because I think there might there, you know there could be farmers out there who are thinking well yeah I want to make a difference, but actually you need. Know, this kind of thing's new to me because I've yep. been in my own kind of bubble for a while, which is fine. Yep. But I need—I just need a bit of support, and I think that will be critical as well. Yes, from as you've, yeah. a lot of the organisations that you've just mentioned, yeah. but saying right, well, this is, to help this, is and what, this is what this is what—it's not just about policy. We're not just giving you a rule that you've got no, to abide by, no. but we're also going to facilitate you to yeah. to, to get to, there to help you get, yes. to help you get on board. Yeah, mm.
1: absolutely. All right, All right uh, just took a the build out the tops as well. Did you? Yeah. All right, okay. Is there a feeder down there? Yeah. Direction.
0: And then I'll go and start Karen's daughter. Excellent. <laughs>
1: Katrina's 22 and Patrick's is 23. Prepare. Get that right. <laughs> she's doing an absolute uh, tremendous job. Um, so uh,
0: she's uh, in charge when you're not here. Yes, and she is. How yes. does? I mean, you've you've got obviously got a very forward-thinking attitude to, to climate change and how we make a positive impact, but at 23 her attitude even from yours is probably quite different because she's grown yeah. up in a different world so how is her thinking different?
1: sort of more positive thinking in many ways than what I probably was at that age I mean I know when when I started doing this job and I was you know I was going away and I was coming home at night and I was thinking well why you know why have you done this why have you done that and now it seems to me when I you know I go away and I come back I'm thinking why did I not think of that but I think the key thing is Katrina's focus at the minute is still 100% on the livestock and making sure the welfare is correct, mm-hmm. making sure they're getting fed correctly. And at that age, I actually think that's where your focus should be as well. Although this, it, the influence is coming from from you know, probably myself, others in the family and the wider public were recognising there is issues with environment and climate change. Mm-hmm. So all that's now getting taken on board far more now with, with Katrina than it would ever ever been with me when I was 23. Yes,
0: yeah. Food
1: product, I mean, the one thing we can't do without, we cannot do without food. So why that's not more in the curriculum in our education Mm. systems beats Mm. me because I think it's really important that we understand where our food comes from.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely well martin thank you very much i really really appreciate that it's been really fascinating we're standing in a glorious spot my legs are so warm because the sun is right on them and i actually don't want to I'm standing in snow. i don't want to go i'm standing in snow but i feel cozy warm i don't, almost don't want to leave but um no it's been really useful chatting to yeah. you thank you very yeah. much
1: no problem at all you're very welcome